there's another squad attacking. third party podcast and apex legends podcast hosted by myself shay and joined as always by my co-host henry henry how's it going i'm doing very well we got a really fun episode today it's a good one today we're going to be putting some of the most popular weapons in the game against each other the ars versus the marksman rifles the age-old question of semi-automatic versus fully automatic before we do any of that though we got some info to share with you if you'd like to join the Third Party Nation and help us to continue this incredible community, please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you do, you could be listening to this episode earlier than anyone else. Pretty cool little benefit. There are also additional things like ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with us, and much, much more. Yeah, we got a gaming session scheduled up uh, very soon here. Excited to play with some patrons, as always. Let's dive into this episode, though. It's such a fun one. One we've kind of, I think, had in the back of our minds of doing for a while now. And now is finally the time. Back to two episodes a week. Yeah, it lined up perfectly. And the first thing is, why is this even a discussion? You know, well, right now we have the marksman class. And... It's welcomed into the game, but it's still relatively new in Apex. There's some drastic differences here between weapons and the Marksman class and the Assault Rifle class, but each compete so close with each other that it can be a really tough call. And you add on top of that a hop-up like the Anvil, and Things it get becomes really tricky when you look mm-hmm. at it from a numbers perspective, but also a gameplay perspective. So well, it's, it's like we try to compare, you know, the shotguns and stuff. And then sometimes you bring into the discussion, the R9 and it's like, those two guns do compete against each other, but they do so in very far apart, very different ways. These guns share a lot more similarities that make it a lot more sense to compare and talk about. So how are we going to frame this discussion based around the weapons first and foremost, by comparing the most similar ones that we can um, in terms of their attachments and ammo type. The item that makes this very difficult, as we mentioned, is the anvil Mm -hmm. receiver. Although we can't completely ignore it because using the anvil is drastically less ammo efficient and it can only be achieved with a legendary hop-up, it's going to play a minor role in comparing the weapons, but we just can't ignore it. It's so impactful to the game that even though this is a sort of full auto versus semi-auto, you can't talk about the R301 without the anvil rounds as it currently is. Yeah, we tend to shy away from talking about the gold hop-ups in weapon comparison, but this would probably be the show where if we put this out without mentioning anvil, I think we would get a couple of comments in the Discord about, wait, but what if you have the anvil on your flatline R301? So definitely worth the discussion today, uh, despite everything you said. That's right. And more than anything else, this will be a tactical and subjective conversation. We often compare weapons and fight tooth and nail to determine which one is better. For today, we're taking a bit of a step back and looking at the weapons at the end to be which one can you be more effective with based on their mechanics, not just their statistics. For the stats portion, we're actually going to be scoring the weapons by categories. So we'll go over the categories shortly, but the scoring will be as follows. You get one point for a category win. You get 0.2 points 
for a minor win. So if it's very close, you do get a little bit of credit for edging them out, but it's Mm -hmm. only an edge. And then it's zero points if the category is identical or too close to call uh, for certain categories. Welcome to the third-party scoring system. That's right. We're getting into it. Let's patent this one right here. (laughs) That's right. You know, and and last but not least, you know, we're talking about weapons, but we're also going to make the general assumption that we're using one of these weapons as Bloodhound. Medium range, very versatile legend. We often mention that ideal loadouts vary greatly with playstyle and legend choice. Bloodhound is an extremely popular legend, so we're striving to make this a relevant conversation, but also a reminder that this is subjective. And we hope that everybody can pull something useful to improve their game from this conversation. No doubt. Now, the weapons. First, we're going to have the flatline versus the 3030. Then we're going to have the R301 versus the G7. Another fight. Oh, my. That's right. And, you know, initially we'd frame this in that we were going to compare semi-automatic versus fully automatic. And, you know, we handled that with the shotguns, with the EVA 8 versus the Peacekeeper. And right now we don't have a semi-automatic version of an energy weapon. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have that anymore with the Havoc. So that's something that maybe we could look forward to in the future with a potential energy marksman, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But for today, Flatline versus 3030, R301 versus G7. You're telling me we're not, uh, we're not comparing the Havoc with the Select Fire single burst on it right now? That's one of, this is one of my favorite guns in the game that's ever happened, Henry. Come on. Yeah, I, I wish we could, but <laughs> it is long gone tier. Sad. Let's dive into it. Flatline versus the 3030 repeater. Now, these weapons go head to head. They honestly do. When the 3030 came into the game, most people were comparing it to the G7 and the longbow as a very tight middle option to the two. But loot wise, the 3030 is in direct competition with the flatline, especially with the anvil. So it's very close competition given that the flatline has the anvil potential to be a powerful single-fire option, the 3030 can also spice things up a little bit with the shatter caps. So we're Mm -hmm. also going to be taking that into account. This makes the comparison interesting because each can use hop-ups to have effective close and ranged engagements. So although, you know, they're very different base with hop-ups, they can kind of trade places almost. So it's an interesting thing to be able to compare. Yeah, I think you made a really good point mentioning like loot being a very good reason for the comparison. And to add on to that a little bit, the basis for that being a huge portion of this episode is that that this is the decision you're going to make. If you have a heavy mag, do you pick up the 3030 or do you pick up the flatline? You know, if you have a heavy mag and you see a 3030 versus a G7, maybe your decision gets a lot easier because of that. These are the actual decisions you might have to be making in game. Yeah, absolutely. And it just comes down to, you know, I have an extended heavy mag and, you know, what kind of choice am I going to make from that point? Now you're going to be informed because you're listening to this podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the categories? What are we going to compare today? First things first, magazine size. This is a big one that is honestly weighted pretty heavily for most players. Um, because it impacts a lot of things. It impacts the skill that's required. It impacts the ammo usage, the damage potential. It really defines a weapon based off of the mag size. So that's something that we're really going to be diving into uh, 
with both of these different head-to-heads. Other categories are the overall speed, damage per second, time to kill, very closely related but different ways of looking at it, reload time, draw time, aiming down sight movement speed, aka ADS movement. And then we're also going to be looking at range. Which weapon is better at different ranges? Close versus long? And maybe which one is overall more versatile at different ranges? The numbers. First things first, we have the flatline and full auto, and then semi-automatic with the anvil, compared to the 3030. Magazine on the flatline reigns supreme at 30. All right. Even with the anvil, it drops that theoretical magazine size down to 15. It's still going to read 30, but because you consume twice the ammo per shot, we're going to say it's at 15. You compare that to the 3030, it only has a max magazine size of 12. So in this category, the flatline wins out, no question. Then we move on to damage per second. Flatline full auto does 190 damage per second. This is incredibly high and is actually the highest assault rifle in the game. You should be using the flatline. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll learn a little bit more about why. Mm -hmm. Even if you're using the anvil and you're putting this into semi-automatic, it still achieves a damage per second of 146. Now, how does that stack up against a designated marksman rifle that's supposed to to be dealing damage in a semi-automatic fashion, it has a DPS of only 98. And the 3030 is an interesting weapon. So we aren't going to take that just at face value. We'll talk about it more at the end. But in terms of DPS, the flatline wins in both different firing modes. And there's no difference uh, in the DPS, essentially, uh, when you put on the shatter caps. Body damage. Flatline, 19 damage to the body. When you pop on the anvil, that jumps up to 42. Now, here's where we start to see some division between the shatter caps and non-shatter caps on the 3030. If you have the shatter caps on, you can have a damage of 56 if you hit all the shots. There's Mm -hmm. seven pellets when you have the shatter caps on. So if we're just assuming that you're hitting every one every time, you can do a base of 56 damage. Now, the 3030 also has the charging mechanic, so you can increase that damage if you're aiming down sights and charging the shot all the way up to 77 with the shatter caps on. Without the shatter caps, you have a base damage of 42 and a max of 57 after fully charged. Now, have to give this category to the 3030 because the body damage is just higher. It's always Mm -hmm. higher above the board. But you have to note that the flatline in semi-automatic with the anvil, can do 42 damage. That's exactly what the 3030 does when firing consecutively, one after another. That's something to seriously look at and is why these weapons are so competitive. The flatline is a direct competitor. You put a three times or a two times, and it can essentially deal the same amount of body damage Mm -hmm. as the 3030. It's a really important note. And it's so interesting because it's like, yeah, Anvil goes up to that 30-30 single comparison, but then this is such a fun one because that shatter, you know, brings in maybe a bit more of a close range comparison for the 30-30 as well. I would say a quick note on that shatter cap with that 56. Uh, I wouldn't say the pattern is going to be as reliable 
for hidden 56s as maybe like the Eva is for hitting all your pellets, but it is still a bit more effective and better than some of the other kind of tight, tight knit close range patterns in the game. It's by no means a detriment to the weapon at all. So always nice when you can hit all your pellets. I think the shatter caps with the 30-30 falls somewhere in the middle range of difficulty in doing so. If that, you know, wants to, if you want to think about that at all with your decision. For sure, for sure. Now, time to kill. The flat line really reigns supreme here. It's got a one second time to kill, 1.05 seconds. With the anvil firing in single fire, it's 1.4 seconds. That is very respectable when you put it head to head to the 3030 that has a time to kill of 2.04. Flatline has a twice as fast time to kill than the 3030. That is not a slight difference at all. And essentially, this conversation is over in this con- comparison based off of that fact. It is incredibly mm-hmm. more powerful and just a faster weapon in terms of damage, which counts for a lot. And both of these comparisons, at the end of the day, when you're choosing a weapon, you want damage. You want to be knocking quickly. You want to have a large clip. And right now, the flatline has a massive advantage. Flatline's time to kill is uh, disgusting in comparison to a lot of guns. It's, it's a, a weapon it's, to be feared. It is a weapon to be feared. I think that's uh, that's the best sentence I think I've ever heard to describe it. Weapon to be feared. Uh, yeah, this thing's no joke. And when you start hitting those shots with this flatline, no other gun is going to start feeling like I am just frying like this gun yep. does that time to kill. Yeah, and you know we mentioned that the DPS is essentially unchanged with the shatter caps, but when you're charging, there is you know. That's something to look into. It's something I was curious about. So I did some experimentation with, say you do charge the shots Mm -hmm. and it does more damage. How does that impact the time to kill in order to knock somebody Mm -hmm. with 200 health, which is what we do for all these comparisons? If you do that, the time to kill isn't decreased by waiting to charge up the shot in order to do more damage. You're not saving any time because the time to kill goes up to 2.38. So you have an even slower time to kill if you have to sit and wait for that charge up. So that's something to keep in mind that I'm not going to be faster if I wait. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe that's intuitive for some, but I think the essential mechanic of the game is that you'll be rewarded by waiting. That is not the case in terms of time to kill with the 3030. No, I think that's like a fair assumption to make for sure. Like if you have a charge up gun, it's a pretty safe assumption to be like, oh, I should try to charge it up. That would, mm-hmm. you know, really help me out. And so it is a very good thing to note that that's not like 2.04 versus 2.38. Like that's a legit difference as well. It's not like it's like, oh, close. So I can go either way. Like there is a serious incentive to not charge up this gun when firing in succession. Yeah. And this is just for a head to head comparison. You know, don't totally. anybody think that, oh, the 3030 is unusable. This is the closest competition we can find um, to really look at the marksman versus the assault rifle. Mm-hmm. And this is only the first half. So don't anybody panic <laughs> yet. The accuracy. This is one of my favorite stats. We always look at it. And it is how many shots does it take to knock someone with purple armor? And then what percentage of the shots do you have to hit in order to accomplish that? With flatline full auto, you have to hit 36% of your shots. With the anvil, you have to hit 33. We compare that to the 3030. With shatter caps, you have to hit 
and single fire, not more ranged, you have to hit 42%. Now, pretty clearly, you know, 36 and 33 versus 33 and 42, got to give the edge to the flat line. Mm-hmm. But the distinction here circles back around to the magazine size. That's why it's so important to be looking at that and looting those extended heavy mags, extended light mags. They really make weapons easier to use. The semi-automatic flatline with the anvil requires you to hit five shots in order to knock someone with purple armor. Same thing as the 30-30. You have to hit five shots, but you have three less maximum bullets in a magazine. So it's just going to be more difficult. That's something that you certainly can't avoid in terms of balancing a new weapon like the 30-30, but you have to give the edge to the flatline here because it has a clear advantage having three additional rounds, three additional chances in order to knock an enemy with a mag. And and it's funny, like you, these single fire weapons, how many times have you been using the G7 or a 3030 and you've been like, oh, I'm, I'm one shot short of finishing the person. Like you start to feel that a lot more when you're in the single fire mode. So I think it's really important to know that this accuracy percentage, you feel it a lot more when the number of total bullets you're working with is just smaller in comparison Mm -hmm. to some of our full auto friends and comparisons we've done in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Now, but you also are going to consider headshots because I kind of was curious. We never talked about headshots. This is new. This is, okay? this is a big deal for anyone new to the show. <laughs> I don't like to talk about headshots because, you know, you can't rely on it. You can't say, oh, this is a great weapon. All you have to do is hit headshots. Like that's such a, a hilarious thing to recommend. Uh, just can't stand by it. But Pros don't in say such that. a close, you know, competition, we're really getting into it. <laughs> Looking at the headshot is really interesting with these two weapons. Flatline gives you a 1.74 times multiplier. And then with the anvil, it gives you a 1.72 times multiplier. That puts the flatline and full auto headshot at 33. And in anvil, 74. That's a big headshot with the anvil. Don't sleep on that. (laughs) But we then take a turn to the 30-30. First, the shatter caps. Because you're already doing more damage with the shatter caps, the multiplier is actually substantially lower at only 1.25. So the maximum headshot you can do while fully charged is at 98, and a bottom at 70 if you hit all the pellets. If there's no pellets to be had and it's just the single fire, the 3030 can do 74 damage minimum with the headshot with a 1.75 times multiplier maxing out at a 100 headshot have to give a little bit of an edge here. And this is a minor victory for the 3030 because in the semi-automatic, it can do 74 on the flat line. So mm-hmm. it's so close to call. But the fact that if you can charge it up and hit a headshot with the 3030 and do 100 damage, that's very, very powerful. There is no assault rifle. There is no marksman that can do things like that. That's very, very good in terms of the magazine size where you have the options. You could do this. If you charge up two back-to-back headshots, that's a knock in two shots. That's rare. Very rare. Very rare. But like that's one of the reasons people love the wingman for the longest mm-hmm. time with skull piercer, especially for those pros. That was like the ceiling. I can work towards that. If I hit two straight headshots, that's a knock. That changes a fight. Like a Kraber changes a fight with a headshot knock. 
This is the only gun, though, that now has the potential to do so at any sort of range outside of, like, you know, the PK where you hit every pellet to the head, which, yeah, we won't even talk about go down that road today. But the fact that this is in the game and is a characteristic of the gun is, I think, the best reason to bring this up. Now the reload. Already, you know, it's very hard to talk about reload when yeah. we discuss the thirty thirty because it's disappointing because it doesn't have a magazine. It has to reload each round individually. You rechamber every single round. Now, in some ways, that's a major advantage because you can pop in two rounds faster than anybody can reload in the game and, you know, you can do damage in a really dire situation. But in a fair comparison where you're comparing full reloads, the 3030 just does not cut it. It takes 0.6 seconds to reload each individual round. That means in order to reload all 12, that's a seven over a seven second full reload. Yeah, if you listen to our shotgun episode, like we talked about how the Mastiff, oh, a nice little benefit it has is like it can rechamber one. And like in a close range fight, that could make the difference. So they, maybe that's the situation with the 3030. When you're in the shatter caps in a close range fight, everyone's shot all their bullets and you were able to finally put one in faster than everyone else. The situ often, the amount of times you're going to get into that situation are very small. Not going to be something I think we will say is a big advantage for the gun per se. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you compare it to the flatline, it has a tactical reload of 2.4 seconds and a full reload of 3.1. In this direct comparison, you're getting to a point where the flatline can fire an entire clip, reload, and fire an entire additional clip before the 3030 can even begin reloading. So mm. in terms of reload speed, have to give the full point to the flatline, no matter the mode. No doubt. ADS movement. 50% movement speed on the flatline and a 36% uh, movement speed on the 3030. As a marksman, you're not going to be able to strafe as quickly. And so that's something that we have to consider where you're going to be able to deal that damage and move while doing so. Even while hip firing, it's scary with the mm -hmm. 3030. You're not going to be hitting those shots. You're going to have to rely on that shatter cap in order to make up the difference when going up against a flatline that has 15% faster movement speed. If we think about, you know, something like double time, where that's essentially the benefit, that's the difference that we're looking at in terms of speed, mm -hmm. um, that's drastic. It's a clear point to the flatline. Draw time, nothing to say here. They both have identical draw times of 0.6 seconds in order to ADS. The range, though, is interesting. Projectile speed is something that we haven't really dove into very much on the podcast. It's something mm -hmm. that's a little bit abstract. It's too much physics to really fully explain um, exactly what's going on here. But what you need to know is that projectile speed not only defines the range, but it also defines how easy it is to hit at that mm -hmm. range. Because, you know, maybe it's clear that the faster your projectiles are moving, the less time the opponent has to move out of the way. So if you think about tracking, having a high projectile speed is going to make it easier to track, easier to hit your shots at range. The flatline in both Anvil and Fully Automatic has a 26,000 projectile speed per metric units, blah, 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 in-game <laughs> physics. 3030 is sitting at 30,000. So there's a huge difference here in terms of which one has a faster projectile speed. We're going to go ahead and give the point to the 3030. 
Yeah, this was something that like we discussed as a big reason for why maybe the 30-30 will get a little love this season with the change. You know, they didn't give us the exact number in the patch notes, but for the reasons you mentioned, the ease of use, that's a huge thing with these marksman mm-hmm. rifles. And now that the 30-30 has this as a winner and part of its category, is a nice thing for it to give some more characteristic to the marksman rifle, I think, that it is. Yeah, it enforces that range for sure. Now the score. What is the weird third-party calculation? <laughs> We're giving the flatline a score of 6. 6.0 versus the repeater with 2.2. It is not wow, out of 10 wow. for anyone that maybe started halfway into the show for some reason, catching yeah. us live. <laughs> These are kind of head-to-head competitions. You, you get a point for winning the category, and mm-hmm. the flatline just won a whole lot more. The flatline is superior based off of damage, time to kill, accuracy, reload, and movement speed. The 30-30 repeater has a few things going for it, the potential to do high body damage and range. Mm-hmm. It's uh, You compare these two guns, and you start to think about, well, what is going to, you know, in most situations, you know, like law of averages, if I'm using both these guns the most, the one that's statistically dominant in a lot of the categories will, in the end, for the most part, make it the more effective gun. And I think it's important to note that like the flatline is a very interesting weapon with its difficult kind of recoil to control at range. And the anvil is like kind of maybe a little workaround for that per se, but that's on purpose. The flatline, we, we talked to the people that designed the guns for the game. This is the best gun in the game if you can control your shots, according to the people that make Apex Legends. So it's not really a huge surprise here, but I do think this is actually a closer than closer engagement than it used to be before maybe these recent 3030 changes as of late if this thing didn't have the projectile speed on the flat line i feel like i would start to feel a lot more unsure about why i'm you know potentially ever situationally using the weapons yeah and it's really the 3030 is more accurate at range it's a marksman Mm -hmm. but given its difficulty to use that mag size accuracy requirement and requiring you to charge up a shot in order to greatly exceed the flat line with anvil's damage, it's it's close. It's it's hard to say, you know, that the thirty thirty can outshine the flat line, given the the anvil being in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Now the thirty thirty does have shatter caps, and requires less than half the shots to hit uh, than a full auto flat line up close. We still have to consider the fact that the shatter caps split the damage across seven pellets. You Mm -hmm. won't hit every pellet. You just will not. And the time to kill is twice as long with the 30-30. So up close, even with the shatter caps, oh, the 30-30 can turn into a shotgun, still have to give the flatline the win because of just how powerful it is up close. It can turn into a shotgun, but it's not turning into the most effective shotgun out there. One no, so much so that an assault rifle, you know, yeah. can beat it. Mm-hmm. No Brutal. doubt. The thirty thirty is interesting. It's slow, but strangely, not powerful. The thirty thirty, it, it's odd. You wouldn't expect that. And when it came into the game, I definitely didn't have that, you know, assumption. The thirty thirty's heavy damage comes irregularly, so that when we look at DPS, we struggle to award any value to the thirty thirty's ability to charge up a shot. If we remove the time, which is very difficult given the pace of Apex, we can assess the 3030. Now, the 3030, you charge up four shots. You can 
successfully knock a full armor knock, purple armor, over 4.4 seconds. Wonderful. Flatline with Anvil and 4.4 seconds can do 630 damage before reloading, knocking three people. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. The damage just is not there. For poking at long ranges, coordinating with teammates to pick off enemies, yes, the 30-30 is ideal. But generally, in a head-to-head, the flatline is clearly the better option. And I don't think there's going to be a situation where you say, I have an anvil and I have an option to pick up a flatline or a 30-30, and you're going to rock with the 30-30. I think that's clearer than ever looking at this now, hopefully. But before we talk about the R31 and the G7, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's do it. Let's break down the R31 and the G7. Obviously, the 3030 just got KO'd in about round two. It wasn't the best fight out there, uh, unfortunately. Can this one go the distance? Can we get a seven-round slug fest for the centuries, Henry? Please. <laughs> I think we can. This one's the okay. pay-per-view if anybody is uh, tracking with us. But the R301 podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's gonna be a great fight, but you know it's free. Um, R301 and the G7, two of the most popular weapons in the game, in my eyes. The mm-hmm. decision between these two is often going to be the R301 over the G7. Uh, but how do they stack up against each other, and how does their usage differ from different situations? And this is a fun one for you because, like, you have the bias. You're I'm the biased. good main. Like, you have the G7 lever, like, going into this. So I think that's important to know. Like, there's there's some serious, like, I think... Uh, it was surprising to me when I read through the show document and I saw some of this stuff. I'm like, Henry's saying some kind things about the R301, but I don't want it to get like noted that like G7's the third party weapon. We love this gun so much. Like these guns are going against each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, love both of them. Definitely have put in the hours on the G7. I very much recommend it. But we're gonna see if in this head to head it can beat out a Titan in this game. Titan. The R301. Mm-hmm. Now same thing. We got Anvil and we have the full auto. We're going to mm-hmm. start it off with the magazine size. This is one of the hardest categories. <laughs> full auto maximum magazine is 28 with the R301. Cannot pass up on that. That's a considerably large mag size in this comparison. You put on the Anvil and you go semi-automatic and you have a magazine size of 14. So it, it drops in half. That's not very impressive when you compare it to the G7 that has a maximum mag of 20. Now, this one we went back and forth for a long time about where does the point go uh, between Mm -hmm. these because this category of magazine should really be what weapon has a better chance, given the magazine, to do some damage. So the higher one should get the point. In this case, the R301 should be getting the point, you know, if you really have to come down to it. But the fact that the G7 has a 20-round mag and does the damage it does to the body, and when you compare it to the semi-automatic version of the R301 with Anvil, Mm -hmm. the G7's magazine is such a powerful asset that we decided to just do no points for this because the R301 definitely deserves the point because of size, but the G7 also certainly deserves the point because of sheer power and size 
on its impact on how the gun works. You know, it, it wins in semi-automatic. The R301 wins in fully automatic. So it's too close to call. We talk hip fire and we talk like mag size a lot in this. And I think it's really fun to note that 20 G7 shots, when you get into those up close with purple combat or purple uh, mags, that's nothing to scoff at in a close range situation. And I will also note that we don't talk about common mags ever, but the G7, you can rock and roll with a common mag for the game, which is a very nice advantage for this gun. One that's not going into this specific scoring system, but another kind of factor that's just a little slightly external that is kind of nice to think about when you're making your decision at least. I mean, if you think about a G7 with a common magazine, that puts it at 15. That's one more shot than a purple R301 with Anvil. Like, come on, that's an incredibly efficient weapon. So it's a tie between the magazine. It's too close. DPS. R301 is rocking at a 182 DPS. You put the anvil rounds on there, turn it into a longer range engagement. It still sits at a 160 damage per second. Compare that to the G7. That's rocking 136. Clear winner here, both in full auto and semi-automatic. The R301 is the victor. Round two, over. Body damage. R301 puts out 14 damage per shot to the body, while the anvil deals out 35. Now, that's pretty close to what the R3, or to what the G7 has at 34. 35 damage versus 34. That one is too close to call. But... We are going to give a minor victory to the R301 because it's incredibly impressive that a hop-up can actually make an assault rifle do even a little more damage than a designated marksman rifle like the G7. Even though this one's close, the fact that the anvil can really rise to the occasion with this uh, comparison, you have to give it some credit here, I really think. It gets some love. It's deserved. It needs it. I mean, the fact that it's even something I think that can be talked about, like when, you know, we're looking at like just semi-automatic marksman rifles versus a full auto gun that has this random attachment it can find, like that's really important to mention that it is even a discussion to be had. Last season, we talked about, you know, the most powerful hop-ups in the game and we really focused on the anvil. This thing is a major impact to the entire weapon meta and the fact that it can make the damage this close compared to the G7, one of the best marksmans, definitely means you're picking this up. You really are. No doubt. Time to kill. R301 rocking with a 1.07 second time to kill. With the anvil and semi, you're looking at one and a quarter seconds, 1.25 seconds in order to secure a knockdown against purple armor. G7 South. G7 Scout is working with 1.47 seconds. Much slower, have to give the dub to the R301 for the time to kill category. Now, accuracy. This one's interesting, all right? Like many of them are. The R301 requires 53% accuracy in fully automatic firing mode. In semi-automatic with the anvil, it requires 42%. The G7, on the other hand, requires only a 30% accuracy to get a knock against Purple Armor. 
this is one of the best in the game. This is one of the main reasons I recommend the G7 Scout because not only is it powerful, but even as a, as a novice of using the weapon, if you're picking it up and you're trying with it, you're going to be rewarded just based off of that accuracy requirement. Don't have to hit even half your shots. Incredibly user-friendly. Like mm -hmm. for a similar reason in which we talk about the Spitfire, you know, being user-friendly with that accuracy number, the G7 just gets to do that in a very accurate way, uh, which is why you hear the Spitfire G7 combo as one that is beloved over here at the third-party pod because, you know, maybe you're having a rough day with your aim. Here you go. Two guns where you have a little bit more forgiveness on that, and then you can kind of turn things around. It's a really nice benefit of the G7 if you're maybe using the R301 and the shot's not feeling well for the day or something. Absolutely. You know, if you consider risk mitigation as an important, you know, metric in your battle royale mm -hmm. where you're going up against 19 other squads, taking a weapon like the G7 where you have that forgiveness, definitely valuable. So we're going to go ahead and give the point to the G7, but it's also important to note that the anvil on the R301 requires you to hit six shots to get a knock. That's the same as the G7. You have to hit six shots with the G7, six with the anvil on the R3. That's interesting. That's very mm -hmm. interesting. You have to hit the same amount of shots. So it is easier because you have a much larger magazine with the G7, but important to note that don't forget about the anvil because you still only if you're if you're confident in your shots and you're gonna be hitting more than you know forty five percent of your shots, then it's kind of a toss up where you can choose between them and they can both be effective. Well, I think that's a really good point. Like if you're a confident G seven user and you are running an R three with an anvil for the game, there's so many people I still know out there that are like, oh, I don't use the anvil even if I have it. Like the fact that it is essentially very similar to the G7 in that way, you should 100% be rocking with the single fire anvil if you have it on your gun and you're using it at range. There's not a very many reasons not to be doing so, which is something that I think for maybe some of the newer players to the game that aren't used to this hop-up is a very important note to kind of circle back on. Now, we talked about headshots with the flatline versus the 30-30. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it with this comparison because it's not it's not relevant. You know, you're looking at even with the Anvil, a 63 damage headshot with the R3 versus a 60 with the G7 with a very similar multiplier, and they're so close to call that even the shots necessary to secure a knock isn't going to impact things. So this one, no points awarded. Headshots, just like always, we're not really going to consider here the third party. I like it. <laughs> Reload speed. R301 has a 2.4 second tactical reload. G7 has a 2.4 second tactical reload. We are tied. This comes back to how important it is to keep one mag in one round in the mag before you reload. It really so does important. make things competitive. It's a deal. It's like a huge difference maker in game, you know, between swapping for guns and time to kill seconds matter in this game when they're close range. And I think this is a great example of, yeah, it's worth it. No doubt about it. And it's really cool to see the identicalness of these two across the board. Yeah, the, this is a very close one. When we look at the R301 in terms of a full reload, though, and we look a little bit closer, we see it has a 3.2 second reload. Not bad. 
but the G7 has a 0.2 second fast reload at an even three seconds. Even though this may, may not seem like a drastic difference, we're going to award the full point for this category to the G7. They couldn't be closer, but 0.2 seconds is incredibly important in this game. And if you're in a head-to-head -head where you need to do a full reload of the G7, it's going to have a massive advantage, even though that's one situation. That's what we might consider a marginal difference. The impact of that one decision clearly breaks the tie between these reload times. Mm -hmm. ADS movement speed. Now, R301 has a 50% movement speed while aiming down sights. That's a clear winner versus the Marksman's 40% movement speed that the G7 has to endure. Mm -hmm. This is important because it will impact not only the close range strafing ability, but also in the open, being able to do fights at range, just being able to be 10% faster in a head-to-head. -head, wow, that's something that you can't really ignore and is a clear point for the 301. Those long-range poke fights where you're going back and forth with an opposing team, that 10% could be the difference between one or two shots hitting, and that's the difference between you needing to use heals or not, and that could be the difference between you winning the game or not. Like, it's a, it's a little train of effect there, but there's definitely some serious power in having the nicer ADS speed. All right, now finally, in the basic comparison, we're going to talk about the range and that projectile speed. This one is, again, quite close. The R301... Because both of these are light weapons, they have very fast projectile speeds. The R301 has a 29,000 unit projectile speed versus the G7's 31,500. Very, very close. And I think the takeaway here is that the R301 can be effective at range. Don't mm -hmm. think that you shouldn't be taking those shots at range, especially with the anvil. It can do it. But... This is going to be a minor victory to the G7 just because it does have a longer headshot effective range and the projectile speed is just going to make it a little bit easier to use and hit those shots. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about it earlier with the magazines, but wanted to highlight attachment dependency here. This is not necessarily a major deciding factor um, with other weapons, but when we talk about the G7, and the R301, this is something that is, you know, at the very least, very interesting. It's something to note, no doubt about it. Now, if we compare the accuracy requirement that it takes to secure a knockdown of the R301 versus the G7, and we break it down when it's common attachments, so it's a common extended mag versus common armor, versus when it's a purple extended or epic and purple armor. So... We're looking at different time periods in the game as to when these weapons may be effective. And the reason that this is useful is that it's going to inform which is the better option to pick up early game. Or mm -hmm. should you make a switch from an early game weapon to a late game weapon in terms of the accuracy needed to secure the knock? R301 requires a 39% accuracy while common loot is present and going against. Mm -hmm. That increases to 53% at purple. So it gets harder to use this weapon as the loot increases in the game and on mm -hmm. the weapon. Very interesting to note. 
this is typical that armor and defense gets an advantage in Apex. Mm-hmm. Now, that's flipped on the script almost with the G7. You have to hit 33% of your shots in order to get a knock with all common attachments. You only have to hit one more shot in order to knock 200 damage enemies, requiring only a 30% accuracy. This is pretty interesting, you know, and you have to highlight the fact that it's just one more shot going from knocking someone with white armor to knocking someone with purple armor. You only have to hit one more shot. You know, that's very, very easy when you compare VR301 has to hit four more shots in order to make that jump. It's a consistent feel across the game as well, which is really nice. And, you know, consistency with how you shoot is going to be a real important aspect for your success in Apex. A lot bigger of a difference when you're changing with that R301 versus that G7 for sure. Now, the attachment dependency is also a point to be made for the flat line versus the 30-30. But since it definitely isn't a deciding factor, we're going to save that little special thing for the patrons who get to reference our show docs. Awesome. The 301 versus the Scout is an incredibly close comparison. The 301 and the G7 have nearly identical stats for headshot, draw time, projectile speed, and most other categories are really a toss-up. But what's the score? The R301 has a score of 3.4, and the G7 has a score of 3.4. We have a serious, you know, knockout fight between both of them. Um, this is definitely going the distance in terms of on paper, which one really does rise above. The G7 wins out in terms of the accuracy, and this carries on to ammo conservation, magazine capacity relative to the damage output, the full reload speed, and the attachment dependency. The R301 wins out in terms of the damage per second and the time to kill, the movement speed, and the attachments. Essentially, this boils down to the light extended mag being the most efficient item in the game when placed on the G7 Scout. Aside from that, the R301 is far better in terms of power, speed, and versatility. If you factor in the anvil, the gap between the weapons shrinks significantly. Yeah, that anvil is definitely a a pretty serious X factor when we're having this discussion for sure. I think it's really interesting. Like this discussion in general, the semi-auto versus the full auto and looking at the G7 R31 even more specifically, it is so close that it's like, what do you want to be the difference maker for you when you go into the game? Do you care more about the fact that you're not going to have to carry as much ammo with the G7 and you're not going to be hunting for ammo all the time? Or do you care more about well, maybe I feel more comfortable with the R301 up real close if I get into that situation because it's full auto. There's so many kind of little benefits that are sprinkled in here and there dependent on play style for the marksman rifles in general, but even more specifically these two guns. And that's just such an interesting aspect of the game. There's so many layers to what you pick. And these are both pretty common guns. You're probably going to have the decision to make for yourself throughout a lot of games if you're rocking with the light weapons. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly talking about a subjective decision where which Mm -hmm. one are you more comfortable with? Which one are you going to hit more of your shots? But there's also this element of risk. You know, how does choosing a marksman versus an assault rifle impact the risk that you're taking in the game? Semi-automatic guns are more difficult to use. 
plain and simple. That's just how it's going to be. In any situation, whether it's long or close range, you run the risk of doing zero damage with a single fire versus doing any damage with a fully automatic weapon. And that's important in a team game. Yeah. In a team game where more often than not, you got multiple people shooting someone, that's a lot more prevalent than those 1v1s, essentially. Most of the time, if you can do some damage, your team's going to come out on top. If you do no damage, that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. problem. Yeah. <laughs> now, the flip side to that is that semi-automatic, you can be more efficient with the ammo, and in the case of the repeater, have a much more rewarding headshot. So you're kind of you're weighing that risk of what what would I rather put my eggs in? You know, would I rather, mm-hmm. you know, save some ammo but risk doing no damage? Or would I rather spend the ammo, don't, you know, gamble for a higher headshot, but at least have lots of bullets so that at least I do something. It's funny. Like these are such interesting weapons to compare because 3030 and the flatline, probably the more difficult pair to like, you know, compare like in terms of difficulty of use. And that's kind of fun just in general. And then your, you know, your R301, your G7 are probably both the easier guns in their respective categories to use. So it's like, oh my goodness, what am I actually rocking with in terms of that risk in what I'm willing to go into the game thinking about? Because that mm-hmm. G7, you know, if you happen to laser one person at a very far range that maybe you couldn't have otherwise that's going to open a full opportunity for your team to push into a situation that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to and then on that flip side someone comes in and pushes you with an r and you have r301 maybe you're going to get something off that you wouldn't have otherwise with these other guns it's so close it's so fun to talk about uh it's why these are and i would say probably these are two of the most used guns for both of us in the game right now yeah, without a doubt. It's hard to pick a favorite. Uh, they're both my baby at this point. <laughs> but what's our recommendation uh, between the assault rifle versus the marksman? Fully automatic is going to be the better option, if we're being honest. You know, mm-hmm. semi-automatic can encourage more accuracy because it's demanded. You know, with their speed and power, you have to, you know, be able to hit those shots in order to get a result. But if you aren't comfortable with the weapon, it's certainly not worth prioritizing a single-fire marksman over a fully automatic AR unless ammo is a massive concern. So that's a little bit of a caveat. Mm-hmm. But please take what we've gone over into consideration to inform yourself where you may need to practice which weapon is best to pick up for your playstyle, because each of these weapons can be used early as well as late into the game with a high degree of comfort. I think it's interesting. Like this conversation, maybe we'll revisit it, but it changes potentially without Anvil. You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't have Anvil, you don't have some of that versatility. Like the full auto is our recommendation because everything you mentioned, more accuracy, and you get some forgiveness on that as well. And now the risk of it is that I don't find an Anvil that potentially, you know, even offers me the marksman style option once that's removed from the game which all hop-ups tend to focus in and out then you're starting to make an even harder decision than you would have beforehand is there a situation right now where you would recommend someone go g7 versus r301 if they already have an anvil essentially like why would you stick with the g7 uh even if you had the option to have the r301 with the anvil 
if you looted someone's box and saw an R301 with an anvil and a good amount of ammo, do you swap your G7 for that? If you have time, essentially. If you have the ammo, yeah. You know, because you want to have that fully automatic versatility because the R301 is going to be a better option up close and the GPS is higher, even in the single fire mode. So, yeah, I think if all, if everything's lined up perfectly for you, yeah, you do make that switch and you lose the scout. But the other thing to consider is they have two guns. Why and not? That's the best part about yeah, this game. <laughs> why not run an R301 and a G7 or a flatline plus a G7? Each complement each other really well and require the same, you know, type of ammo. If you're running it that way, it could really simplify your looting process as well. So why not? You have that it's really option. Nice. You have that option, and then say I'm running an R301 and the G7, and then I find the anvil later in the game well first off i took away the risk of not having the anvil Mm -hmm. because i had the g7 but g7 doesn't require as much ammo and that becomes a much easier gun to then say oh i'm going to swap it for an r99 or i'm going to swap it for an eva 8 and now i feel comfortable where i have that anvil to back myself up and instead of you know running the russian roulette of when am i going to you know potentially run into an issue with finding this gold hop up that we're essentially saying really puts some guns over the top in this comparison. Yeah. And although it's not necessary, I do recommend using the same type of ammo. You know, it is a form of risk mitigation where you're going to be faster looting after fights. You're going to have a less, you know, often chance that, oh, one of my weapons is completely out. Um, You'll Mm -hmm. at least have something. So I think even though I don't always do that, I'm not, you know, saying you have to, I would recommend it because it is a nice thing. And exactly what you said, lining yourself up to get those hop-ups and extended max later game by doing so is a great bet. It simplifies the looting process. And for a lot of people, looting is not their favorite part of the game. But for a lot of people, looting is also the weakness of their game. You don't want to spend too much time looting. And that strategy allows you to simplify things in a very effective way. Are we ready to wrap it up with this? Some five star questions, or we got any other closing statements right here? That's a wrap. The you know, are awesome. th- like, this topic has been on the books for over six months. You know, we've been looking mm-hmm. forward to doing this head to head of which is better, semi automatic versus fully automatic. You know, a year or so ago, I was saying, you know what? I think I'm getting to a level of gaming maturity where single fire, <laughs> that's the way to go. Like, you're being more reserved with your shots and that makes you actually hit more shots and be more efficient. And being able to do this comparison, I think really highlights that that's not necessarily the case. You should be sticking with the fully automatic option or having both mm-hmm. at least. Don't just say, oh, I'm wingman G7. Yeah, That's not a winning strategy. It's clearly Full not. Equals versatility. Versatility is a third party favorite. Out uh, that's here. right. And that's a... That's a very nice combo to have. Let's wrap it up now with some five-star questions. If you want your question answered, leave it in the form of a five-star review, and we'll make sure it's featured on the show. First question is coming from Sam, the monkey man. You guys are the best. I've been listening since the middle of season eight. Ever since then, I'm a lot better. I started to win every five days. Now I win once a day. One question, who is the best team for ranked? I main Gibby, my brother mains Wraith, but my friends main Bloodhound, Lifeline, and Octane. What would the best team up be? Fun question. Thanks so much, Sam. First things first, excellent choice with Gibraltar. 
Love it. You need a Gibby main. That's Love for it. sure. You know, they're few and far between. Not everybody is hyped mm-hmm. to play the big guy, but definitely that's a good bet for ranked. You know, this friend sounds like a great friend. You know, Bloodhound, <laughs> Lifeline, Octane. Those are all wonderful picks. You know, that's always welcome on a team. I'll always take a teammate with them. I think you got to work on switching your brother up from the rate. Yep. And ranked, it's just not a huge amount of utility aside from being able to rat. Mm-hmm. The Wraith is still has an incredibly high pick rate and ranked. Um, but I think if you're playing all together as a team, you don't need some of the utility that the Wraith provides potentially. So if you want to switch your brother to maybe, I'll you know, say Bloodhound, and then your friend can go Octane, I think that's a pretty dang good combo right there. If your brother's saying, oh, I'm stuck playing Wraith, Bloodhound, I would say. Yep. But you could go Octane. I'd be good back and forth between those two. I probably wouldn't be running Lifeline and Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Best thing you can do is keep the Survey Beacon in there. So if that's Bloodhound, yep. that's a priority. You know, Gibraltar, certain. Bloodhound at this point for your team, that's going to be a, a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Last review coming from Blurries. You guys know I've always been a day one supporter. Love you guys and the vibes. Haven't been playing as much, but I come back and they nerf my main even more. That's Lifeline. My question is, why keep nerfing the only healer? I have completely switched to Valken Path this season. Other than that, keep up doing what you guys do. See you guys soon. It's a tough situation, Blurries. Um, I understand where you're coming from, you know, being the person that played Pathfinder back before Pathfinder was catching any of the nerfs, it's hard to receive a lot of nerfs, stuff that, you know, maybe we perceive as nerfs that are not always supposed to be nerfs as well. And then your legends still be statistically very solid. Like, I feel like we still are confident in using Path and using Lifeline if you want to, but they're no longer maybe that top tier that they once were at their peak and that's a hard thing to get used to so i understand what you're saying why keep nerfing the only healer though i think that this just stems from a long discussion we've had recently about the frustration of certain legends abilities creating yourself a three-on-two situation by knocking someone only for it to be erased very quickly by a game and a weapon or by a legend that is meant to be used in a gun-only game. It was quite frustrating, and really that's why she seemed to catch some nerfs there. But she's still very effective. You can still use Lifeline with confidence blurries. In my opinion, they gave more than they took with removing the the red shield. So I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of still power in Lifeline, um, but definitely coming back and noticing that she doesn't have one of her most valuable assets, certainly frustrating. And man, Valkyrie is just a blast. I think anybody that's picking up Valkyrie at at many different skill levels can certainly have fun with her. Um, She gives you a lot of options in terms of gameplay. No doubt. That's going to wrap it up, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Join our Discord through the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>